Hello, I'm Candy, and this is the Backstage Pass. This show is all about the arts, and today's chat is with the wonderful Faz. Faz is a fantastic singer and has been in the industry for nearly 25 years. He has been on luxury cruise ships and performed at well-respected venues. In recent times, he has written some of his own songs. Faz is so positive, talented, and incredibly intelligent. A chat not to be missed. Let's go. Why do you love to sing? I, I like the feeling it gives me. Um, but I, th- I think the, the first question is, I love to sing particular songs and that's what that's why I love to sing. So if you give me a song that just fits and, you know, all, all the stuff just follows from when you've given that initial song, that's that I love to sing those songs. So what was your fa- so, your favorite songs? There was I remember there was a song that I um didn't get to sing on a show. And I was lis- listening to this uh other other vocalist sing uh, sing this particular song and it was a, a song called Allegria uh from Cirque du Soleil. Uh and it was all magical and there was, it was this this fantasy sort of land that just was created on this on the stage. And I wasn't a part of that at all, but the song uh, was just beautiful, and mm. it just used this this wonderful Cirque du Soleil language that I think they they just make up. There's, and then it goes into English for a bit, and then it goes into this Cirque du Soleil. Um, and I remember um, emailing the musical director when I found out that I was going to get the this particular song on my next job, and these were on cruise ships, right? And he emailed me almost straight back and said. Hey Faz, no one's ever asked that before. No, <laughs> no one ever ever wanted that song because it was a learn a different language and 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 sort of stuff. And I was like, nah, I want I want that song. That's one of the greatest, most favourite songs I've ever sung. And it's moments like that that make me love to sing. Would you say it's more the melody that is moving you to create the sound, or is it the lyrics, or is it a combination of the two? Uh, it, the melody gets you first, mm-hmm. doesn't it? And then um, often there's a, there's a key thing. So if you, if you quite like it in a in a higher key or whatever, but lyrically, because it was in this made up language, I didn't know what I was singing, but it 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 flowed so well and it it hit your lips so well and it just it just trilled off your mouth. So you're like, I, love, I don't even know what I could have been singing. Any, I never found out what I was singing. So, <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I, I never heard any laughter either. So okay, that that's was good. Also good then maybe, but I, lo- I loved singing that song. And everyone, all, all the, the performers and the dancers, and we had these wonderful aerialists up there as well. They, oh. they all got into it and wore these creepy, freaky, like masks and costumes. And oh, they, oh yeah, that yeah. sounds heaven. That was, yeah. I think I, yeah, yeah. So... Who would you say was your inspiration to singing? Did you have like a an icon when you were growing up? Like, I want to sing like this person or I want to be this person. Uh, I think the first person that comes to mind for me is 
um, Michael Bolton was the first person that I can remember hearing the music of and being belted over because it was just music was loud in our house when we were kids and um, Michael Bolton was it was a big one of those and all his songs are kind of very similar to what I've just spoke about regardless of the you know forgetting the uh, different languages mm -hmm. and stuff although he did do that later on but um, big powerful melodic orchestral sometimes just hit you in the face sort of sort of vocals and yeah and uh yeah I, i'd say that's the biggest that's the biggest sort of influence i had as a from another male singer on, on to me and there were there were female singers as well like celine dion because there was oh, a lot yeah. of that for me yeah and gloria estefan that was huge from when we were kids um I could, but it was mostly all my dad as well my mum loves stuff like the osmonds and um who else does she love who else does she love Derry bowie although <laughs> yes oh yes bowie and stuff, but yeah yeah I, I didn't find that comfortable to sing that wasn't my bad but then you give you know if you you know you, you sing along to stuff that you you like and then if it becomes your job maybe that's that's the stuff that you like to sing and yeah yeah so i think bolton <laughs> bolton all the way Not troy the other guy the guy so what do you feel the most important qualities that a singer needs to possess to become a professional singer? Um, I think understanding that you're not always going to get to sing the things that you want to sing. And this depends upon which avenue you choose to go down. So, for instance, if you want to become uh, a singer-songwriter, well, if you write your own songs, you sing your own songs. So therefore you're singing songs that you are comfortable singing, you enjoy singing. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's that. You could be in the West End and you're in, uh, we all rock you. And that's your that's your thing. So, oh yeah, going to get stuck into this. And that's that's what you sing. But I, I, ultimately, I think it is just um, being, being open, being open to learn. It's like anything, you know, if you're, uh what's the best you know if you're a what's a good example of this um a footballer right okay mm -hmm. and you're just going to learn how to play right back but you don't want to just learn how to play play right back okay wouldn't mind to go in midfield you know all right so let's <laughs> go over there so that's the opera but you're currently singing pop you know just be a bit 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 more open bit bit more uh you know adventurous with what with mm. what you're willing to sing because you never know you might find something that you really want to want to aim for you know that there's a there's a hot there's a load of there's a load of uh sort of strings to your bow that you need to be a singer but ultimately it all comes down to making sure you look after yourself that that's that's important otherwise you can't do any of this yeah so looking after your voice yeah and being being open i mean that that makes sense you know because you can't always guarantee the you you end up in a West End show and you're you're singing the the songs and playing the part that you always wanted to to do. You could be doing something completely different, yeah. but you have to go go with it because I guess if you want to be a singer so badly, then you have to ride the waves yeah. and just see where it takes you. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Ending up in different bands or shows or whatever. You just you know, if you're a the, the, my my career has been very. Uh, varied right so I, i've done a lot of uh, uh musical theater shows and a lot of um pop bands and uh rock bands and acapella groups and stuff and it all comes down to you know you, you you apply yourself to all of these things but if you don't like it 
but it's a job you either do your job or you don't do it don't 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 accept it or whatever but yeah there are some times where you do accept the job and then you get given these later on you go oh i don't want to do this well it's tough now Uh (laughs) (laughs) you're on the ship now you're in the theater now you gotta you gotta Mm. you gotta do it you gotta do it good do it well do it strong because you might learn to love it and nine times out of ten that's the thing that you love the most when you finish that gig when you finish that job the, the, the thing that made you uncomfortable made you feel embarrassed sometimes you know when the first mm. time you ever sing in a foreign language you think i'm not fooling anybody here but learn it correctly do it proper and it you know you, you'll it, it could be a, a job that's advertised and said must be able to sing in french or german or italian well guess what i can do that i've done that mm. so, oh, i didn't really like it then but i do like it now because <laughs> i'm applying for this so th- there's a bit of that i think yeah i think that's really that's a really really good point you know, so many people they're they're saying, "Oh, I want to be in a band." The end. Yeah. You do have to go. I want to be in in a band, but ultimately, I want to be in this profession. This is what I really want to do. And you just, like I said before, you got to ride the waves. You got to just take the jobs, learn yeah. to love the songs that perhaps do make you feel uncomfortable, which I feel like is most songs for someone do you know, like me. Do you know what? I've got a great <laughs> example uh, actually of that. There was a a, a, a time when I. Um, was in a, a it was a pop group and we did uh, ABBA section right it wasn't very long but I've not ever been much of a fan of ABBA it's not like I don't like them it's just it's just not my thing I can't mm-hmm. I, and I know why because I can't sing along to it there's there's very few bits of ABBA that I can sing along to right but we got given this this section and one of the songs was uh, Chikatita right mm-hmm that's that there were, when I had these uh, two girls and another guy next to me and we sang this song it was beautiful right it was absolutely beautiful and it changed my whole thing of of that so and this is when I was quite young so every other song I hear now I hear different stuff and it's so clever there's a lot going on in there and people know that now you know yes everyone's yeah. done that for years <laughs> for, for decades you know but I, I think I'm quite late to that party but I'm proud to be a part you of it but you're now. here now Hello. <laughs> yeah <clears throat> yeah out loud yeah. <laughs> so what challenges in your professional career do you value the most challenges in my um i think the the drive uh for the in between job section that a lot of performers have i think that's always quite a challenge unless you're lucky enough to have um been offered a job whilst you're currently in a job um unless you're you're given a completely different opportunity and you, you go a different direction but i think that the drive to keep going because mm. that's what um i find so glorious about most of the performers that i know you know there isn't a single one of them that regardless of how long you've been going you've always had that lull but you always have that drive to grab that next gig or to grab that next contract or that next show or the next mm. tour or the next uh, 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 cruise ship, whatever, whatever it is, that bit in the middle. And it's a lot of um, effort, a lot of time, a lot of like, oh, God, I, I, do I have the energy for this? And <laughs> you you have to, because if you don't, you're not going to, you know, you won't be doing it for long. And it's not about your talent. It's about the drive at the end of it all as well. So once you do get that 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 sort of momentum going, where you know there's going to be a lull in in your in your 
time of year, for instance, or in yeah. your, um, you know, after you finish that gig. But sometimes, sometimes people want time off after they've done two years on the road. I've wanted that, and you, and then you, right? Okay, I'll take a few weeks off to get that momentum back. So it's not always hard, but it it's like right. How do you do this again? What, what is that? How is that? Right. Okay, I remember now. So I've got get to, you've got to get up early. You've got to get to the auditions, or you've got to jump in the car, get onto that, get into the road because your your sound checks at uh, ten a.m. and you live four hours away. You know th- those sorts of things. Mm. If you don't have that part of your connected to the profession, regardless of what what uh, department you're in, you know you're going to find it tough. So how do you stay motivated? Um, how do I stay motivated? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I stay motivated, but I, I know that I love my job. So I love my job so much that I don't want anyone else to have that gig. So I think sometimes my motivation is, well, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. So you're hungry for it. And then I'll see that and I'll go, Oh, I should have done that. Mm. You know, and that's 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 the, the another part of the It's like having FOMO but for <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I don't want anyone to take this show. Yeah. I don't that that's my part. That's my line. That's my uh role. Whatever. whatever. Mm. That that's my bit. And I couldn't be bothered to go to the audition to try and get that and then you see it on line or oh I've just got this role or you you hear something you know, you're like, yeah. nah. But that's not happened to me because I've always tried to get that. And if I didn't, mm. you know, make the effort to get to an audition or to even, you know, once you get the job, you know, there were people who sort of take it for granted. Well, you take it for granted. You won't be in the job for very long. So you, you'll get replaced. And then once you're replaced, you'll look at it longingly going, oh, I should have tried harder. Why is it nice? But yeah. maybe they didn't want it in the first place. I think you have to want it really, really bad. I yeah. mean, I was told no before I was told yes. And I think that the knockbacks are important the things that make you realize just how hungry you are yeah and that's the thing that i think you've always kept even when you're not doing gigs you're still playing you're still being fully present you're practicing you're mm. completely consumed by the industry in, in a very positive way yeah and it's the people that you surround yourself with as well you know so like you for instance oh you know, thank you, you know, <laughs> how long that take me yeah <laughs> um Podcast points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast points. <laughs> By fast. <laughs> but it's the people you surround yourself with. You yeah. Know, you, uh, you know, I've got my, my wife, Sammy, who you know very well. She uh, was a professional dancer for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. She had a wonderful training, you know, once you got a grounding. But it doesn't have to, I didn't train, but that's not where my grounding came from. My grounding did come from the people that I was working with. I did learn very early as to who the sorts of people I wanted to surround myself with mm. building up my reputation within the industry that I still work in. And this is 20 plus years on, Yeah, you know, a lot of them I still know, still hang with and sing with and play with and yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So what has been your favorite venue to perform at? My favorite venue is without a doubt, um, Butlins, uh, Adult Break in Centre Stage is probably my favourite venue that I have ever done, still do. Um, 
I perform with a, a large orchestra and we do like great big 80s, 80s hits, 80s anthems, all this. And there's oh. three other amazing singers next to me. Uh, there's 20 plus musicians on the stage uh, and those curtains open and there's 4,000-ish people just looking at you, waiting for this this show to start. And you just can't, you, it just consumes you. And you f- it does feel like you've been on stage for 20 minutes. It's an hour and a half of just full on everything. And everyone is just consumed by this, um, this, this powerful I don't know, musical vibe on stage. It's just, mm. it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. Sounds and magical. I get off stage, it battered. I hit the deck. <laughs> I hit the rider actually first. <laughs> Have that quick, quick swig. And I hit the deck uh, and just, just, just like sort of on this almighty come down, wanted, wanted more. Um, but any more than that, you, you'd be dead. <laughs> so, yeah, gonna be, yeah, wow. yeah, an hour and a half of that is, is plenty for, for a night. But so that, you're singing the pretty much the whole time for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. And I get tired after a little sing song in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. You, it's it's pretty straight on, uh, uh, full on for uh, that hour and a half. And some of the songs are sky high. But I mean, mm. it's one of those things where you know the songs are sort of put in place so you get rest songs. You know, so you're not giving everything. It's you, you know, it's like a vocal rest without being quiet you know and there's, there's this so just your vocal cords aren't going crackers i mean mm. that's bad you don't want that um <laughs> if it's doing that go, go see somebody quit um but you, you you want it to um sort of have that vocal rest so you can then build up to that sort of stuff again that's how i operate anyway people have their own different things but yeah if you know you've got an hour and a half of singing to do you know you've got to prepare in a different sort of way yeah so what vocal exercises do you use to perform like before you go on stage, is there something that you do? Techniques? I, um, I, th- so there's two that I do, and these are sort of ones that I, uh, I do because I'm either in a public place or in the car, um, sort of driving along. So I either do a hold my breath for as long as I can with my cheeks puffed mm-hmm. and all the air trying to get out of my face. Um, so, I'm, he looks I'm, like a puffer fish, I know. guys. <laughs> a wonky puffer fish, but still. So it's all trying to squeeze out of my face, and it just sort of engages the front of my of my mouth, and yeah. my lips, and makes uh, it tingle a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, mm. and it and it and the the, 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 the front of my nose here, that this nasal cavity okay. here. Um, but the uh, my main one is a uh, is the trilling. So uh, that that sort of mm. stuff does the same thing, uh, but that paired with. Um, just, just, Breathing. just, just some good deep breaths. Mm. Just some good deep breaths, and making sure you're nice and um, lubricated, so you've yeah. got lots of water in you. Or, you know, I sometimes have a have a mint. Um, a mint. Yeah. Okay. Or, a, or a, what? What have I been having lately? A, a halls. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are, are they? Quicker. Yeah, I was going to say, aren't they the things you have when you got caught? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the, the, the black ones. So yeah, yeah. Snap it in half. Yeah, my mate Johnny will tell you about this. Uh, he, some of them are, pop them in your gob, and you know, uh, sometimes I actually go on stage um, 
the first couple of songs and there's one still in my mouth and wow yeah so that's so a, it just makes you feel open and the it. reason behind doing the the, the puffer fish as i'm gonna forever call it now <laughs> and the trills is that so that you're making the focus sort of in the nasal front of your mouth rather than the throat is that yeah is that why you're yeah, doing that you don't want you don't want to be singing from your throat you yeah want to, you want to bypass your throat from your diaphragm straight to your to, to your to your the front of your face that that's mm. that's how i um I remember I went to Wicked decades ago when it when it first came out. Um, went to the Apollo, watched that, and I turned to my wife and said, uh, "Was my girlfriend at the time actually?" And I said, uh, "I need some vocal lessons. I want to improve. I want to get better. Mm -hmm. I need a way to do that because I don't know how to do that. Is to have some vocal lessons. And the lessons I had, um, that's what I got from it. I did about three or four of them. It was hard to do because I was on tour at the time." So I had to go to uh, Vauxhall. I had to go to Vauxhall in between this tour. And it, it just wasn't ideal, but I made the effort to do it because I really wanted to improve for this tour as well because it was a Queen show that we were doing. Oh, nice. Quite a, quite a big thing. Um, and I changed almost everything that I ever did because of what I was taught, and it made it so much easier. And I've tried to maintain it, you know, tried my best to, to maintain that. But, yeah, just to engage this front bit because that's where the, the noise comes from not from not from here you don't want to mm. get off stage and start touching your throat and go oh god this hurts yeah uh, it, well yeah it will, it will. <laughs> but you know engaging all of this and you opening your ribs up and just from the front sing yeah. from the front that's that, that's it not from the back here Cause i've never it, had i mean i had a couple of lessons by yours truly you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you did, yeah. still got a few more in the bank you, <laughs> but i've never I've never had singing lessons a apart from you and like it was a was a shock to my system but also I I was never educated on that you know mm. I was always dancing I did a bit of singing yeah. but not to become a professional singer so yeah. it was it was really insightful and it changed the way that I that I breathe even the way that I talk I think it improved my asthma even on some yeah. days, which was really, really good. You said that, actually. Yeah. yeah. It, it, does, it does that. Mm. You know, the, the, Breathing is very speaker, important. You know, absolutely. Mm. It's not just the singers. It's, you know, you can have vocal lessons, but for all sorts of things. Yeah. You know, if, if you are a, a public speaker or I can't even think of anything that isn't a singer right now, but, you know, if you talk for a job, mm. you know, if you're on the phone all day, well, yeah. you might radio from it. Yeah. Radio, I'm sure they do. Mm. You know, that you've got to because that's their ink that's their job that's yeah. their income they lose their voice well i'll have to have the other two lessons from you then to yeah. improve <laughs> you, you, yeah they're, they're in the back yeah right so i want to know more about your songwriting because you write your own songs yeah so how how do you go about the process of that is it that you come up with the melody first or have you got something that you need to get out of your head that you need to write down i'm just curious to know what the process is so my um process is i often uh write not so much lately um i've been doing a lot more writing on my own lately but um my first sort of time writing uh, was with um, a very old dear friend of mine uh, called david and he um and i would uh, were in a band together and we we came up with uh songs and all, all our songs were around uh harmonies we loved a harmony we'd chuck it on and we were very into just making it big unnecessarily big you know the, <laughs> the, the, the music did not support what the hell was going on up here but it, <laughs> it did it but um david was very good with uh lyrics 
I've never been much of a lyricist, but um, over the, as the years have gone on, gotten older, you know, you, you, you start to get your own methods and stuff. But I've always been a melody sort of a person. So if you if you play a, a handful of chords to me, I, I will be able to, to come up with something that mm -hmm. I think might have a, a an inch of an idea that we could work from. Um, but a lot, a big chunk of my songwriting that I've done over the last few years has been with another friend of mine uh, called Johnny. Uh, so uh, we would, I would, we would start with. Uh, he'd say to me, or I'd say to him, "Play a C." So we just strum a C, and then and then it would just sort of build from there, and it would just literally build from the ground up. We'd never go with a a song. I've got this chord sequence, or I have this verse of lyrics. Do you want to do you want to try this out? Sometimes Johnny would lyrically. Mm -hmm. That's lyrics. Never been a lyric. <laughs> Don't make any sense often. Yeah, some of them are really bad. I'm picturing kid. this. Uh, <laughs> is it music and lyrics? That that movie it's where the, so the lady has to come in. To, is it Drew Barrymore? Yeah. And she has to yeah. write the lyrics, and she's just a born lyricist. Yeah, yeah. My lyrics <laughs> are those like times. That. You, you listen to it, and you go, "Oh, this is lovely." What's he singing about? Oh, it's really bad. You know what? <laughs> but that, that's that's literally pretty much me in a nutshell. Um, but yeah, so you, but you, you get better at that sort of stuff. And so I think um, I enjoy writing with other people you know, on a one to one basis, not a, not a group, not, mm -hmm. not that sort of a thing. But as a, as a group, I as a, a sort of a one on one, that's how I write best. You know, you still write stuff on your own, but sometimes you hit a wall and there's no one there to. But when you're writing together, that wall is often torn down by the other person and it works that way and next yeah. thing you got three and a half minutes worth of a pop song you're like ah did it nice, nice. Well done. Yeah. so did you ever perform your own songs on places like cruise ships or was it um actually it? i i now perform a lot of the songs that uh, i've written uh, in and around bath so nice. like right now yeah so there's a uh, um two of my uh, pals that i've recently met well i say recently in the last year or so mm -hmm. um we now have put a bunch of my songs together and we do different venues in and around Bath. Um, we've, well, I said we've, we've done a handful, um, but we have more more to come in the, in the next couple of months and then Christmas is going to kick off and then there'll be a few there when when we can fit it around our schedules because we've, we all do three different, totally different things. So, um, but yeah, that that's the exciting thing, you know, looking forward and going, oh, I'm, I know I'm going to be playing this venue with my own songs actually we throw yeah. a couple of others in there there's a bit of prints in there and whatever else but um so i, I obviously sing and they they, uh, they play either piano and bass and guitar a mixture of those two sorts of things oh, that's lovely. yeah it's really cool yeah paul and gray nice guys <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're all right they're all right yeah so you i need to know more about your days on the cruise ship because you used to tell me about how glamorous and amazing they are but if you were to paint me a picture and just bring me into that world it just was something that i never got around to doing and it was it's something that i wish i'd done yeah so go on make me jealous tell me all about it <laughs> <laughs> we had a we had a great time doing doing the ships and stuff we did i think five or six um Sammy and I together, my wife Sammy, um, in a row, I think. Um, and she worked up there as a, as a dancer. I uh, was there as a production vocalist. A bit later on, I was the vocal captain. So I um, actually, the way I was offered vocal captain was uh, the producer of the shows that we were about to pop onto the cruise ships just shouted over and went, Wait, Faz, do you want to be the vocal captain? I went, 
uh yeah fine she went okay and then uh um some uh the other producer alan harding such an amazing man just went yeah best of a bad that faz i went oh come on <laughs> That's not fair, is it? So what's, what's the difference between that and the vocal captain? What's the so vocal basically vocal captain is you if you uh, can call a refresher rehearsal and you you have to essentially know what their harmony lines are because if there's something a bit off whilst you're performing you might you probably will and I normally did anyway retain ah I must remember, remember that later that needs that needs mm-hmm. fixing or um, you, you take charge of the sound checks yeah you know if there was an orchestral problem. You talk to the band leader and say, right, let's fix this. We might need a, uh, there's, there's no uh, uh, count in for this particular song. It just rocks up. So we might need a, a keynote here or a, a prompt note here rather, or a, maybe a few clicks from the drummer just so we know when yeah. we're coming. You know, so you're it, the boss. Well, off the cruise ship, you would be vocal boss, but ca- yeah. captain on the ship. Captain on the ship, yeah. Yeah, captain on the ship. <laughs> um, no, the, the ship, yeah, they, they were the some of the greatest times of our lives and it, it's, it has its moment in time as well um we would we learn maybe three or four production shows and they were all uh, um, like review shows so like broadway style or um uh full-on musicals or what was the other sort of stuff that we would do um oh god or, or like vocal shows and you know bits and pieces up with the band in in the different venues all around the ship Wow. Um, so how big was this ship? <laughs> it, a few thousand people would be on, on the ship at any one time, floating around. Floating around. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All heavily intoxicated, just a guess. Never, uh, never ever crew. Um, but, uh, of course not. Yeah, never. Um, uh, yeah it, it, the, way you, the way I sort of approached cruise ships initially was a bit apprehensive. I was like, so you, can you ever get off? You know, all these, you know, can you, can you, once you're on, do you get off? Yeah, you get off. When? Well, you sail from one place to the next. They open the doors. There's a bridge and you just walk across that. You get off. Get, I was like, I, that literally needed explaining to me. I was 22. That, I had to hear that from somebody before I went, <laughs> okay, I can get on board with, on board with this. Nice. Uh... Um, but you have to let a cruise ship consume you in the best possible way. It's mm. going to introduce you to people from all walks of life you will never meet these people again from some of these beautiful wonderful countries you, you will never get this opportunity again you do not take this for granted you do not take this for granted i remember uh it was about 10 o'clock in the morning um uh, i've got loads of these i could i could do a thing like this on just, <laughs> just random, the random bits. Uh, I, there was a, a group of fellows over there and i knew one of the um the gentleman sat over there. It was in the, the staff bar, which is where we would go after a show. Um, and just, just chill, you know, it's sort of one of those areas. They would have like wine and cheese nights or tacos or hot dogs or whatever on, on particular nights of the week. Right. And they were, I, I, I sat down with uh, my mate and they were having this, uh, they all had their own particular teapots, uh, or drinking, uh, uh I think Turkish tea or, or, or coffee or whatever it might've been. And when I, when I just before I got there, they were all talking in Spanish. Then I sat down and then they all changed and started talking in English because I sat down. I went, no, 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 no. I'm up. No, you carry on in Spanish and I'll grab whatever I can. If I hear the name Faz, though, I'm going to ask a question, right? That's so, so considerate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they, 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 I had a, an absolute ball on, on cruise ships. I, 
you know, I would befriend anybody who would want to sit next to me. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I'm jealous. <laughs> it's just one of those. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm picturing like beautiful chandeliers and everything just looking really oh, exquisite and really yeah. just elegant, like in, on Titanic, because that's the only, <laughs> that's the only reference I've that, got. It, there was, is it? There was, the backdrop of it is essentially the same as the movie, you know, the, wow. the great big um, uh, staircase and uh, the ball gowns and oh, have these uh, formal evenings where the gents would wear the, the, the you know, the, the gorgeous suits all tailored and some wouldn't be, you know, that would get my nerves a little bit, actually. It's, it's you know, it's a formal night. Mate, take the Hawaiian shirt off. Maybe pop a <laughs> top hat on or something, you know. But most people got stuck into these, the cast especially. And we're working with beautiful people here, and they just up their game every single formal night when they're all gowned up in three-piece suit. But yeah, love it. Oh. I love a bit of that, mate. So something happened to you in the midst of your success as a singer that changed your life. Something that I believe has made you stronger and shown your true strength. Hmm. Would you mind sharing it? No. Um, so I, I always forget the year, you know. I do forget the year. But I want to say 20, 2018, I think. Um, yeah, it was 2018 because Teddy was born 2017. Um, so in around 2018, I went for a routine dental check uh so i sat in the in the chair and the uh dentist looked in my mouth that's what dentists do <laughs> and, and she said uh yeah Faz, your, your teeth are fine uh book a, another appointment in uh six months whatever it is mm -hmm. uh but there is a little bit of an area up on your top lip that i would like to uh, refer you to the hospital for so for as long as I can remember, I've always had a little um, sort of tiny crevice on my top lip. And um, it's been there, literally, you look at photos from me from 20 years ago plus, it was there. I've never known what it was, but it's on my face and that was that. Um, so then uh, after the dentist said that, I went, uh, yeah, okay. So she gave me the number. She gave me another number as well to, to quote when I called the the, uh, the hospital. But I didn't do it for the first week because I didn't really think much of it. I just went, well, I've always had this. I'll, I'll, I'll call. I will call. And then I did. So I got in there um, uh, a handful of days later. It was very quick, actually. And um, they looked at me and straight away said, right, we'd like to do a biopsy on this straight away. Wow. So I went. Wow. Okay. So I'm now in uh, a, a room, a surgical room, obviously there's a couple of surgeons in there. Uh, I'm awake. They just numb me around this area. I'm like, well, this is, this is heavy. Right. Um, and then they put five stitches after this biopsy in my face. I was like, you... I thought this was going to be an in and out. Right. I literally thought they were going to look at it and go, it's this, here's a cream maybe or something. Yeah. yeah. I had a gig that night. And I was told to just be aware of how much you move your mouth because you might... I was like... Oh, slight dilemma. You're joking. Uh, so I had to cancel that night's gig oh, because of because yeah. of that. I mean, right, okay. Right, so now I've got six stitches in my face. Wasn't expecting that. And before it, um, I had a semi-full tash. Now I've got... I had to, you know, get, get, sort of get rid of that. So then at, 
again, another week or so later, I got a phone call to say that they found a form of uh, cancer called a basal cell carcinoma. Now that's um, a sort of cancer that it's not, it doesn't get in your lymph nodes. It's not that sort of a cancer, but it is a form of skin cancer. And the longer you leave it, the more it can destroy, right? So the longer you leave, the more it can destroy. So I was like, right, so what do I need to do? Well, we'll book you into the, no, uh, to a, into a, uh, into the hospital and we'll, we'll operate. Okay. So I found myself then in this room, uh, with a guy who I felt so comfortable with, you know, like these, you know, the, like when you see greys or not, maybe not, maybe Dr. Cox from scrubs. Okay. Yeah. yeah you like, yeah. Oh, I feel safe here. Yeah. You're going to know exactly what to do with this. He went, right, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And it can be great. And, uh, you'll have a scar around sort of your nose and, and, and whatever. And it, you just sort of said this sort of area. Right. I was like, right. Okay, fine. Let's just get it gone. Cause yeah. I clearly don't want this anymore. No. And you don't want me to have it either by all, by the sound of things. So anyway, I went, I got wheeled into this, uh, into this operating room. No, uh, the, the, this like this waiting room mm -hmm. before I got wheeled in to get put under, uh, and the room I got put in, uh, was the, the wallpaper uh was just full of hot air balloons right <laughs> i hate hot air balloons oh, no. <laughs> i hate hot air balloons you get up in one of them and then you say i want to get down now all right give me 45 minutes and we'll be on the no down like <laughs> what it's fire and wicker that's not that's not so i'm surrounded by this i'm going this isn't good this is rough so went into the it's a panic get... setting yeah now. well a little mm. bit but i think i was more like you know big gob just trying to talk my way out of feeling panicked i think quite good at that so got um, put under, uh, woke up, and my face literally had changed forever. Like I had mm. 54 stitches. <gasps> 54 stitches. I had to take six weeks. Well, I, in the end, I only decided to take six weeks off work. I had to sleep in a certain way. Um, I, I, I just, I kept, I remember just kept on saying, my, my mantra to myself was, how sad. Like, oh, you know? yeah. So I invent eventually, uh, I started getting a tattoo sleeve and I, I ended up getting a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And the, the sandbags on the side that you would jettison to make you go higher. I put a five and a four to represent how many stitches I had. Wow. So that was, um, that was that, but I, I was, I was back on the road about six weeks later. Um, I had so much support, so much love, so much just just people messaging me all the time but what i also got was because i i'm not a big emotional poster you know people don't know the ins and outs of my life i'll post a nice picture and then that sort of stuff i don't live my life through social media but what i did was post a picture of this because the, the size of what they removed was the size of a 50 pence piece that's 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 huge, that is huge. And when you take massive. on your face, yeah. Like, imagine that yeah. off your face. So they had to do all sorts of stuff. I mean, handsome as hell right now, obviously. You, you can see me looking at me. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but the I had maybe a dozen messages of people saying, um, thank you for posting that. I've since been to the doctors and they've said they found something or I, I need to get this mole removed or I need this blemish looking at or... I've had a biopsy and they found something or they found nothing, but I feel better because of it. So just that 
was good for me. Yeah. You know? And it, you know, it, there are people who've done far more and I understand that and I, I appreciate that as well. But that was my little bit and I was like, okay, that's fine. That was, I was happy for that. But what, <laughs> one thing that really brutalizes me is I can't grow a moustache anymore. And, and that, that was, was your that thing. That was my thing, right? I switched it at the side. I spent like 16 quid on wax cans. Like, I come re- on. Well, I kind of remember a moustache comb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I lose on the regular. I, I don't even know where it is now, but oh. I do, it's around here somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it must be... It's It was life-altering, you know, and you're... And obviously... You, you're still absolutely handsome, you know. You know, you had your you had your trademark, which was your mustache. You know, as a performer and as a person, and to, mm. to lose that, it must have made you feel like you'd lost something. Or, yeah. or did you? Or did you? Did it make you come back stronger? I mean, from the outside looking in, because I know you so well, it was like this guy can't be phased by very much at all. That is absolutely true. I, none of it was a front. It made me sad. You know, it made me cry, it made me do all those sorts of things. But one thing I don't like um, is being perceived by uh, uh, by my friends and my family as, and people I've never met, but then meet me as a patient. Because I'm not a patient now. You know, there's there's no cancer. There's no that that went as soon as it as soon as that operation happened. And then I you have your checkup, and then they they gave me the news that yeah, we got it all. That was all fine. But I don't want to be perceived as a as a constant patient of, 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 of my scenario, you know, and mm. that's what I worked hard on to, um, consciously worked hard on to, to sort of change how I not act, but you know, yeah, it happened. Doesn't that, it's not going to happen again, thankfully. So yeah. that's the way I sort of operate now. And, you know, you get on stage, no one asks me about it anymore. They used to people. I, I go to the pub for instance, and I, then I'd go a week, well, a couple of months later after the operation. I remember mm. one barman saying to me, um, he'd say, Moretti? And this is two months later. I'm like, God, I come here a lot. <laughs> and I said, yes, please. He said, uh, what to your face? Oh. And that's what I love. I like people who ask me, what to your yeah. face? You know, because it could be anything. They don't know what it is. You mm. know, I don't. I doubt anyone would ever say cancer. They'd more likely say you got kids. Yeah, I can see. Big old, <laughs> yeah, do they sleep with their legs in your face? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. But I do think that you are amazing for going through that and just being so positive. I think there are so many people that could be severely knocked because your face, you know, especially when you're in an industry where, you know, it is a little bit about your looks and mm-hmm. then to have something that was completely out of your control happen yeah and you just say you know i'm st-, like you still say you know i'm, I'm still handsome i'm just like i love that and you are of course you are but i, I love that I you know that it, but... but i love that i think that's so it's so wonderful yeah let's move on to other things so okay. what has been the most memorable experience of your career so far the one that stands out i was um asked by a, a friend of mine um if i would be happy to perform at a festival called sam fest um actually there's a poster just up there actually and oh, yes. um he said um it's in aid of the uh, uh mnd charity and it's in aid of one of his friends called sam who has the has the disease i was like cool okay yeah i'd be 
more than happy to do that. Would you do some original stuff? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, have you got any, you know, who, who, you know, you're going to play for yourself? Um, I was like, well, there's a lot of questions very quickly here, Graham. So let's, let's just, <laughs> you went, well, can I play with you? I, I, I'd love to play with you. I went, yeah. He said, what about our mate, Paul? Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'd be up. So we got this trio together and then we rehearsed. It was loads of fun. And then we did my, uh, you know, some of the songs that I'd written. I was like, co-written, sorry. And we did it in a, a really cool venue in, in Bath City Centre um, called The Egg. Uh, the festival was a raving success. There were so many, so many talented people on that bill. Um, I performed just before a couple of the headliners who were very established, very, very, very good. Um, but I'm performing these songs and... Uh, we did it in the theatre part of the egg and there were people clapping and loving it and just proper, proper getting stuck into these songs they've never heard, oh. almost trying to sing along because, oh. but, you know, I'm like, this is, this is a bit of cool. This is, this is, oh. that's one of the most, there are loads, but in recent times, and this has only happened uh, back in uh, April, that, that was one of the most memorable performances of, of certainly of my life for sure. It must have felt so powerful. You know, you were there and they were almost chanting the songs that you co-created. It was brilliant. Oh. It was brilliant. I've never had a buzz like that because these are this is new stuff and people sometimes are scared of new, new songs, you know, but no more scared than the person who's singing it for the first time. Uh -huh. you know, that, so I think there's got to be a, mem you know, give them the support. You know, if you see, I think this is a, a sort of a wider thing really if you if you hear somebody in a but not a busker in the street i'd say but in a uh, or maybe I, I guess but in in a venue oh, i don't know this guy well give him a chance mm. you know everyone yeah. literally every single person you've ever heard on the radio anyone you've ever seen perform um at glastonbury you know all their original stuff was that literally was that guy and someone like you went nah well maybe just watch a little bit longer you know i'm not saying i'm that guy to headline Glasgow in the next couple of years. But what I am saying is give that guy a chance because you might like the stuff. And then it opens you up to going, what else you do? Is there more? There's more, there's more. And there's, you know, do that, do the other thing. Not, not, not the, uh, oh, I'm not sure. I'll get big. <laughs> not sure about you. Do you know, I've, I've been guilty of that actually. I think it was more with um, DJs if I was at, at a rave. But, oh, I don't know this DJ. And you start to, sort of shy off yeah. you know like oh, i'll go to the bar because i don't know this person and then they start and you're like whoa yeah i'm staying and yeah. i've had that so many times and i end up being a big fan and then i'm following where they're where they're going to not like a groupie something yeah. <laughs> but you know being a fan and yeah i can imagine that that happens a hell of a lot What's but these people loads? they need to be given the chance you know, if you see, if you're going to a gig and you see a lineup and there's people that you don't know the names of, there's a reason they are on that lineup. Give them a chance. Yeah, stick Absolutely. Around. Stick around. You might like that more than the, the stuff you're there to see. Right. You know? Or you, yeah. you open up this, the spectrum of your, you know, musical taste, whatever it's going to be, but just, mm. you know, get, crack on. Yeah. Give, 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 you know, don't, don't disappear. Get another beer at the bar and have a, have a listen. You, know, <laughs> you, might, you might like something. So what's next for Faz? Um, so I have now decided, uh, to focus a lot more on, uh, being at home and not touring so much. 
uh, still writing, still working with musicians in and around Bath, but I'm about to start work as, uh, well, a brand new job uh, as a um, rock and pop music teacher. Amazing. So I'm going to be uh, going into schools in and around uh, my area uh, in Bath and teaching children how to play instruments, how to be in a band, but also how to build confidence in children and how to um hopefully inspire maybe but how to bring these kids out of themselves and 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 you know develop them into either musicians or just to a more rounded sort of person you know if you see a shy one or you or a loud one you know mm-hmm. just get mm-hmm. stuck in we can we can work with all of this you know and so that that's my next that's literally um what I'm going to be doing next I love it so you know, what age does that start from uh so they uh they start from uh six up until uh they go to just before they go to uh, high school oh amazing uh, and the the bands are all um can range from you know like four of them to nine of them so I'll have nine in the classroom and there's a couple of drum kits in there there's two pianos a few guitars bass and microphone set up and we just have a jam we find a thing and at, at the end of every term we give their school a concert so oh. the parents come to watch and you know, and hopefully you, you know, you, you get that buzz. And I, the, the buzz that I'm going to get from this, at the time of my life that I'm at, I'm almost done with the, the traveling away from my kids and my wife. I'm, I know I'm at the end of that, uh, that, that sort of phase, but this new one is mm. so exciting. You're, you know, passing on your expertise, you're molding, shaping these fantastic, maybe future stars. Yeah, I think you never that's know. wonderful. Yeah, you, you just you just never know but the 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 uh the buzz that i'll get from it i know is going to be incredible it's going to be wonderful faz i have absolutely loved this chat i could talk to you forever you know that but i have to end it at some point but thank you so much for being my first guest yes i'm so sorry if i was boring (laughs) but thank you so much you've been an absolute star oh what an amazing chat So inspirational and so funny. His drive and determination is definitely something to admire and prove that applying yourself, pushing yourself, even when you don't really feel like it, can be massively beneficial to your career. To find out more about the podcast and its journey, simply contact me at candy.presents.podcast at gmail.com. I hope you are enjoying the podcast so far. I'm so excited about this and I hope you are too.